welcome to You Are The Magic. I'm Alexis Jane, founder and CEO. I help my clients build bulletproof confidence to build the life of their dreams by creating boss babe mindset and strategies that actually work. I believe you are the creator of your own destiny with courage, determination, and deep desire to change your world. Anything is possible. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to You Are The Magic. Today, I have the beautiful Brittany Baldwin from TikTok Sales. She's amazing and gorgeous, and we have just been connecting before we jumped on, and her story is phenomenal and juicy and delicious. So welcome to the show, Brittany. Thanks for having me, Alexis. I'm so glad that you invited me on board because this is all about celebrating people in business and going through adversity. And I think that's why we connected. We've got some similarities in our stories, but also sharing how exciting it is to be able to overcome that and uh, and know that the pathway forward is, uh, is, is, is really desirable. And if we are clear on what that looks like, then as far as I'm concerned, anything is possible. Oh, 100%. And you just hit the word on the, the nail on the head with the word clarity, but we'll get to that in a moment. The only question that I do ask on this show, which everybody knows who is a consistent listener, is what is your magical story getting you to creating TikTok sales? I think everyone has a magical story and mine is... Uh, you know, mine is something that was so unexpected because I'm a, I'm a big believer in working hard, getting results. You'll always be successful if you put in this amount of effort. And that's probably how I started my sales journey in particular. I didn't have any sales experience when I started my first sales job. I like to have a bit of a joke that the closest I'd ever come to selling was a pair of shoes on eBay. <laughs> do very successfully but of course that doesn't equip you for the real world of selling so I went into high-end retirement sales so I had absolutely no sales experience I had no industry knowledge of the retirement sector and I was a sales manager so I had no idea how to manage a team but the company that I was working for saw saw that bright spark within me and saw the potential that I had so for that I am forever grateful But of course, it was a bit of a hard journey trying to navigate the world of sales and reach those big targets that they'd set for us. Because something I didn't share with you is the team that I was working alongside, every single day, they put me down. They said to me, you have no right belong, you know, you have no, uh, no ability to sell. You're never going to be a successful salesperson and you don't belong here in this role. So I thought, all right. Thank you for that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Encouraging words. Encouraging words there. Uh, So that sort of really lit the fire in my belly and it sort of said to me, I am going to be successful despite uh, what everybody thinks. So I, I, I upskilled, I watched, I was like the sponge who took on all of this information. And I, I picked the little bits and pieces that really worked and created my own sales process. Uh, it took me a little while to, to get that level of success that I was after, but I was consistent. I repeated it. I followed my steps and that led to results. So promotion after promotion after promotion and ended up on the executive sales team. I was looking after five resorts, had a team of sales consultants, and it was all so very wonderful. And right when you think my world is amazing, I'm working hard, but I love what I do, I'm being rewarded financially, just, oh gosh, I deserve this. 
unexpectedly, I was made redundant. And that was just so shocking because when you think everything's going well, you just don't plan for what happens if. What happens? So I just built a brand new big home. I just got a puppy. It was my dad's 60th birthday. It was Christmas. It was my favorite time of the year. All those sorts of things. And I was just like, where did this come from? So you go through these feelings of, of shame and desperation and failure and anger and um, sort of it's like this, this spiral of what did I do wrong? But there is a silver lining to that because I was guilty of what most people are, and you shared this as well, Alexis, I was guilty of probably putting, well, not probably, definitely putting. <laughs> you were. <laughs> I was putting my work above my health. And because I was made redundant, I had a little bit more, a lot more time on my hands. And so I went in for my regular annual skin check and I was diagnosed with melanoma, with skin cancer. So that was more shocking than losing your job because all of a sudden it's a life or death scenario. And I was, uh, I met with the surgeon the following day. I was booked in for surgery within weeks. Uh, the surgery was successful and I am cancer-free. Yay. Yay. Uh, I had another check this morning. Uh, I have to get three monthly skin checks. So it's, it's, it's been a good result for me, but the experience of that has really altered my approach to life, which is why I started my business because I wanted to impact and empower other people and share that sales are simple and that we, if I was taught how to sell, then I can teach other people how to sell and they can learn how to sell so that we can get some more confidence around selling as well as getting some better results on the books too. 100%. And if you're listening and you're not able to see what Brittany looks like, how old are you, Brittany, with getting skin cancer? Because it's not just an old person thing that we kind of relate cancer to being. I was 29 when I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, I remember my doctor at the time saying, Brittany, I've saved your life. <laughs> and I looked wow. at him. I said, <laughs> Dr. Bill, don't be dramatic. <laughs> bit naive so uh i i'm very pale i don't go in the sun i put sunscreen on i wear a hat all of those things that you're supposed to do so when he told me that i had uh, melanoma i was actually a little bit ignorant to what that was and i remember leaving i rang my husband i said okay babe i've got melanoma he's like that's really bad (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the vote of confidence googled it because who doesn't do that and I learned some really scary statistics that it's I think the second or third highest killer in young females in Australia and it is fatal if not picked up it is 100% fatal yeah and that's huge and this is something that I've been talking about all year is going and getting your health checked so as I was saying before we jumped on live that my appendix almost burst I was going through a really stressful time and I was internally holding my stress and I had gastro for three weeks I was like oh you know I've eaten something bad or I've got a bug or I've got a pet um, parasite or something going on and and ended up having my appendix out then six weeks after going back for my checkup I'm like my stomach's still inflamed he said oh you might have bowel cancer I'm like oh wonderful I'm 31 it's exactly what I want to hear after having my appendix out that I've created so much stress in my body that I've created this full-on disease I didn't have um, bowel cancer thank god however winning yeah (laughs) But 
stress on our body and being really busy, being busy, being busy and putting our health to the side is not cool. So every year I get a full blood, my my full blood's tested and I'm ridiculously low in iron at the moment, which we're working on together and I'll have another test in another three months. But I was so busy at the beginning of the year that I just thought I was exhausted from being busy, not yeah. that my hormones and things were out. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think that that's such a powerful message that it doesn't, like to go and get your skin checked, to go and get your bloods tested once a year, have the health checks okay. and don't put it to the side thinking you're just tired because you've been busy. There could be something well, else under that. I think there's so much pressure on us to always be doing something and presenting this, this notion that we're busy, we're successful, we don't take days off, like work hard, uh, you'll get results, like you know, hard work pays off, all those sorts of things. I think there is a bit of a societal pressure that we need to be on all the time and we can't have a level of vulnerability or we can't take time off work and um, so we internalise that pressure and that stress and you're so right, if we don't look after ourselves in our health and well-being, then What's I don't the care because you're running. You won't be running. You're going to be sick. Yeah, or you're going to be gone. Yeah, well, that's the the, the, the final version of it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you, Alexis. And, look, we're sharing two stories here, but I can tell you, let's say 50% of our listeners at least have gone through something similar to this as well. 100%. And one thing that you said, it's like being busy and always being on and it's a societal thing and it's something that I got massively caught up in, wanting to play with the big boys. I want to be out there with the big boys and play the big game and all of the things. And I'm a female with very feminine energy and that was very masculine energy and I got myself re- <laughs> I got myself really confused. And now that I dance between the two, which I'm sure that you I have a feeling that you may feel the same, that once I started dancing between the two and actually being in alignment with what I actually want, not what I think that I should have because they have it, what do I actually want? I agree. Love it. So with I love when we're off air talking about selling and how you take people through the sales process and your um, experience with sales and working with people's Peoples. People. <laughs> Peoples, yeah. <laughs> Coming to you, what's one of the, what's the main challenge that people have when they first come to work with you? Two things. First is fear of selling and second is having no process in place. And I think the fear of selling comes through the fear of the word sales because if we go and look at what salespeople are perceived as, like from decades and decades and decades ago, we are talking the, the cheap suit wearing, vacuum demonstrating, secondhand car, uh, manipulative, deceitful, over-promising, under-delivering. Like you can see this person, right? And that's <laughs> who we associate with sales. And we don't operate that way anymore. Salespeople are no longer, uh, you know, greasy dirty used car salespeople type people, but the stigma still remains. So the first thing we need to do is actually reframe our our, our thinking about salespeople and recognise that uh, we are professional communicators. We are facilitating this process because our customers know exactly what they want before they even walk through the door. So it's our job to just guide them closer to their buying decision and and, and taking them along that journey where they're coming to a yes or a no. So I think as far as sales goes, 
your sales success starts and finishes with you. Because if you can believe in what you have to offer, if you believe in your product, believe in your service, believe in your delivery, then you're going to unlock your potential to share that with other people. So I think we need to start inside first before we can share the message about what we have to offer. Is it? I love all of this. And when you were just talking then, because sales gets me really super excited. I don't know I've actually had a salesperson on yet um, to talk to. So I think you might be my first one. Sales really excites me because if you're not selling, you're not serving. And if you're not serving, you're not doing your soul's purpose. And one of the things that I know that I've had to move through, and it's exactly what you just said, I was not clear on my messaging. I wasn't clear on the direction that I was heading. I wasn't clear on really what I had to offer. So then I became needy to get the sale, to get people in, but the message was wrong. And they've, the energy behind it was the sleazy, the, <laughs> the sleazy salesman, but, but my work's amazing, but I don't know how to articulate it. And you know what? We create our own problems. So, um, I talked earlier about the the simple mistakes that people are making, okay? So one of them is, and I see it regularly, one of them is sending off a quote or a proposal and then saying, let me know what you think about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, and everybody does it, and that's okay because they don't know any better, right? What happens is we're putting the control in the hands of the customer so the customer can just get back to us willy-nilly whenever they like. So what happens is we send the proposal and by email, and then we go, did you get everything? <laughs> chance to read the quote yet? Um, just wondering when you're going to read over that quote so that we can, like, and so we send this trail of emails, which makes us look like the pushy salesperson, which is not what we are, but we don't have a system in place to better manage that process. So um, small, small, simple changes in language and, and systems is going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And what we're saying earlier, I think, I don't think that was recorded, was, doing the emails and sending that and th- having that needy desperate energy behind it because they're not responding because people are busy. If anyone sends me an email, they know guaranteed I will not open it or will look at it. And they'll say, have you looked at it? And I'm like, did you send it? Because I don't open my emails. <laughs> the fastest way that I found is getting people on a phone call and actually having a real human connection a real conversation to see if a you want really want to work with this person because it's not just about you you getting a new client it's about do you, can you actually help that that person and do you resonate with them and do you want to work together yeah well i mean all we have to do is look back at how our relationship started it was an audio message on facebook messenger And we just got chatting and uh, I asked you, what do you think you do well when it comes to selling? And you told me, and then we asked more questions of each other, learned more about our stories and then, Hey, look where we've ended up. So that's how relationships are built. So what we did say is if you're looking to advance a deal or build a relationship, phone or in person, if it's an administrative task, by all means, send the email. Uh, They play a role in the function of business. But I think what's so important to distinguish is that everybody has a different communication style, okay? So it's not how we want to communicate. It's how they're going to respond to our communication. So ask. If I said I need to send something to you, how would you prefer me to do that? You'd say, well, I don't check emails. So I'm not going to ever email you. Okay. But other people like I live and breathe by my emails. So we need to adjust and vary our styles based on who we are communicating with. 
Hundred percent. I love that. I'm a Facebook girl. Very rarely do I get on Instagram. I've got my assistant doing Instagram stuff because she said that I need to be visible over there. I said, knock your socks off. <laughs> you take over that. I'm a Facebook girl. That's what I do. And that's where I hang out. And exactly this, exactly right. Each to their own. Most of my clients hang out over on Instagram and that's where they do their business. And it's interesting. And I totally forgot how we interacted. Like I remember that it was all on Facebook that we interacted and actually made a real connection. And there was another girl that reached out to me. She's like, Hey, how you going? I'm like, good. She's like, what's her goal for the year? So I told her my goal. Then the next thing you know, I was doing a free training in her group and I got five clients out of it. Wow. See, because I made a real connection and I actually didn't sell to her. We had a conversation, said, what do you do? And I told her what I did. I told her the results that I get for my clients. Holy guacamole. I want you to be a part of my world and I want my clients to, I want to expose you to my clients. Because there's more than enough for everybody. Pardon? Oh, so there's nothing sus if we're exposing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So we do need to we do need to be careful about how we communicate. It doesn't have to be like this whole systematic driven like just just be authentic, put it out there, see how you go. And get to actually know the person, exactly what you said, and listen. Ask questions to get to know the other person. (laughs) Listen, I, uh, you know, it's interesting because I wrote a book in um, July last year. So I had 20 goals for 2020. Number one was write a book and then COVID happened. I got locked in my house and it was like the universe sending me all these signs. Now's the time. If you're ever going to write a book, this is it. (laughs) And, um, And I actually dedicated an entire chapter to the art of listening. That's, how important it is. Listen and learn. It is. That's what I teach my clients. Deep listening, deep listening. And one of my clients messaged me yesterday and said, normally she would have responded completely different to this woman. And she said, I felt arrogant by asking the question. And I said, actually, you had the confidence to ask the right question. And we were talking about that before around confidence and arrogance. If you could explain to the listeners about the company I was working for had a trainer come on board and they gave us a sheet of paper with all of these different personality traits and the trainer said I want you to circle three traits that you associate with yourself and I was like easy busy all over this and one of those was confident love being confident right and then he said flip the sheet over this is where it all went. He said, flip the sheet over and the corresponding word to what you've circled is how people may perceive you. And for confidence, it was arrogant. <laughs> My world died that day because I was so proud of being a confident person. I, it had never occurred to me that people didn't bask in my confidence. And in fact, they were repelled by it. So true to form, I said, all right, well, if that's, a possibility, then what I need to do is reassess what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I don't want to be perceived as arrogant. I don't want people to think that I'm better than them or have a too high opinion of myself. So um, it was at that point in time that I turned the conversation away from me and what I can do and how good I am onto asking a bit more about them and showing some interest in what they were doing. And this is way before I ever started selling. But I look back on that. I haven't thought about that for years. I look back on that experience now and think, my goodness, that was a skill that I developed as a human 
being and as a salesperson where we need to find out more about our customers, the people we're having a conversation with, rather than turning the conversation back on what we can do. And that's really powerful, learning and understanding you, how you do what you do and reflecting how other people perceive what that is that we label ourselves. And I love, I love how grounded in your confidence that you are. It's I am confident and I know it. And some people, I know that I used to shy away from it. Now I know that the work that I do is phenomenal because I've got evidence around it. And I just love that you do the inner work as well as the external stuff as well because it all starts with us, like we are saying before. So when you take people through your sales process, is it tailored to each individual person? Is it fluid? What? How does it? How does it all work? In many different ways. Um, so it really ultimately comes down to who I'm connected with, what they're looking, what outcomes they're hoping to achieve. So I'm all about outcomes and results. So I'm not going to sit there and say I can ten times your sales. Mm-mm, no way. I'm not ever guaranteeing that because ultimately I'm giving you the skills, the tools, the resources, the training for you to go out and get the desired results you're looking for. But once you leave this little Zoom box here, um, you're on your own as far as how much effort you're willing to put into that and how on board you take those results. So I certainly don't guarantee anything other than that I'm going to put in place this this process, this system, the the confidence that you need, all of those types of things as well. So uh, I do one-to-one coaching. I do workshops. I've got an online program, the book, uh, so many different avenues so that people can connect with me according to their uh, budget as well. Okay, that really comes down to it too. I've got a Facebook group, a number of different ways, but it all boils down to having that same system. No matter whether you're doing the program or the coaching, which of course is more personalised, it's about recognising what gaps you might currently have and how they need to be filled. And I think as far as training goes, because I've had coaches, uh, a lot of people that are listening are probably having either invested in a coach or are thinking about it as well. What they do is they get you to where you want to be faster without making the same mistakes that everybody else makes because they've seen it, they've heard it, they've experienced like me, they've done it themselves. And somebody asked me, what's different between you and a another sales trainer. I like to say that I've got recent relevant experience because there are a lot of people out there who have never sold or haven't sold for 20 years and the landscape is changing. So I facilitated $115 million in sales over three years. Like that's phenomenal, right? But those same systems that I personally put together and now what I teach my clients because I know it works. I rolled it out to all my teams. I know it works. Yep. And I love, love, love that. So how do people get in contact with you? Where do you hang out most on the socials and all of the things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Facebook and LinkedIn is my social home ground. I'm not on the Instagram. (laughs) Uh, So Brittany Baldwin, TikTok sales. But look, I've got a group you can join. But what I would love everybody to do is actually download a copy of my book for free. Shameless promotion here. because what that takes you through is mastering your mindset when it comes to selling, how to follow up because that is everything, and then what to do before a call, during a call, and after a call as well. So your database, uh, 
to quickly finish up, what happens is we are so uh, invested in chasing new leads, new opportunities, and we overlook the ones we've already got. So we need to look after our database and go through the, the steps, through the series of steps to convert that into dollars. So this is all about how to turn a uh, potential customer into a lifetime client. You can download it for free at tiktoksales.com.au forward slash book. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> in here as well. But look, if you connect with me and say, hey, I want the book, I'll send it your way too. Amazing. I love free gifts and I love sharing you to the world and to my audience and all of the things. This has been amazing. What's something that you turn to or a person that you listen to or a book that you read that is kind of your go-to book or thing that you have or is there one? Yes, and it's not what <laughs> you would expect. Um, it's called Who Moved My Cheese. Have you ever heard of that Ooh, book? No. Write that down, Who Moved My Cheese. Uh, it's it's interesting. It's a story about, it's hard to explain, it's a story about mice and they're in their own little world and they have developed a castle or so of cheese. And what happens is because all the mice have been living there, they're eating away at their cheese. So it actually is all about personalities, we as, as, as individual people. So when the cheese is diminishing, the mice, I think there's four mice, all go into different or all undertake a different um, pathway. So you've got one who scuttles out and scurries and they just want the next thing. They're looking for the next one. But then you've got the mouse who's too scared to leave what he's got, so he just continues to eat his cheese until he eventually runs out. So you can see how people respond differently to certain situations. So it's really a personality type book but in the form of mice and their cheese and the the maze that they have to navigate to find some more cheese so <laughs> my cheese is like my, my my pivotal I don't want to be the mouse sitting at home like diminishing my cheese uh so I need to be confident to step out of my comfort zone and go and source more cheese <laughs> that's the book I love that I Love it. And I love how you said nurture your database with the people that you already have in your world because they're already in love with you. They're already there. An effort to get them there. So don't let them go. Nurture. Um, to, let's use another quick animal story. I call it nurture the little fish, like one minute, um, because <laughs> most people now are obsessed with chasing the big whales. They're trying to hunt the one client who's going to bring in the most amount of money or the most income. But this is such a risky strategy because if you lose that whale, you end up with empty lines and empty pockets. We get fishy now. So I want everybody to think that um, from a sales perspective, there are so many fish in the sea. There's so many opportunities for us to try and do business with people. So these are the little fish. And if we nurture the little fish, if we feed them and support them and help them grow, eventually the little fish grow into these bigger fish. And when it comes time for them to be caught, they have grown attached to you. So they want to be caught by you and not by your competitor or somebody else. And throughout this whole process of nurturing the little fish, you've grown more confident in your fishing abilities, which means you can also then hunt the big whales as well. I love, love, love that. I'm, <laughs> I actually, I haven't spoken about this for a while. 
um, talking about animal analogies and what we're saying before is about how going to allowing yourself to rest, allowing yourself to slow down and not go, 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 go all the time. If a lobster went to the doctor, a lobster would never grow because the lobster, it's all gooey on the inside and it's got the hard shell and then the gooiness grows bigger and then the hard shell has to come off for it to continue to grow. That's painful, but it also has to go and scurry behind a rock and hide so it doesn't get eaten by the big fish or the big animals and so it creates a bigger shell and comes back out and then grows and it repeats and repeats and repeats. And when we're going through that challenge, when we're going through growth and we're expanding, it's it hurts. It It's a struggle sometimes and it's okay just to sit down, reflect, it could be 10 minutes, it could be an hour, it could be a day. We don't want it to be going on for weeks and months. But But knowing that we're allowed to go and huddle and hide and regroup and go, okay, go to the doctors, go get yourself checked out, make sure that everything's sorted for yourself and then you can come out to the big wide world again. So I love animal analogies. We want to be doing this for years and years and, well, we want to probably retire young and all that. But at the end of the day, we've got long-term plans. And if you're not looking after yourself, then you might not be here for the long term. Yep. I love it. I have loved every second of being on here with you. I could sit on here for hours and talk to you all about all the things and the gorgeous deliciousness. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me. I really, really, really look forward to sharing this with all of your listeners. And of course, that um, book we'll put in the link as well, the link in the comments as well. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> We have come to the end of another epic interview. If you would like to see more of what I am up to, head over to my Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, and let's connect. Because I love gifting people who are dedicated to their transformation, when you like and tag me in an episode at the end of every week, I choose one lucky listener to have a free session with myself or one of my guests. Thank you again for tuning in. I am Alexis Jane. Remember, you are the magic.